service, we will have our monthly business meeting here tomorrow night at 8 o'clock. We'll begin the service. We'll sing number 279, Pass Me Not.
thinking about the song that we just sung there. It says, Pass me not, O gentle Savior, hear my humble cry. And that should be of great encouragement to us all to know that he hears that cry and that he will not pass by those that humbly seek him, those that truly seek him with a mind of true repentance and wanting to follow him, he will not pass us by. He will be there, Savior, hear my humble cry. While on others thou art calling, do not pass me by. And you know who he calls? He calls those that seeks him. Those that are seeking his favor. Those that are seeking his forgiveness. That's who he calls. To be a part of his kingdom here upon the earth. A part of the true spiritual church of Jesus Christ. And that's whoever you are, wherever you are. If you truly call upon him. He is there. He has promised. And I want us to keep those things in mind. But I want us to remember. That he wants obedience in us. He wants obedience in all of his children. Just as a father and mother wants to see obedience in their children, God requires that obedience in us. He chastens and rebukes those when he sees that we have gone astray. He will chasten and rebuke. But isn't that a wonderful thing to happen to us? That he is there to do those things and chasten and rebuke us in our sins, in our way. I believe I'll read just a, a little bit this morning, just reminded here. Let's turn to Ecclesiastes. This is the sixth chapter of Ecclesiastes. There's an evil which I have seen under the sun, and it is common among men. A man to whom God hath given riches, wealth, and honor, so that he wanted nothing for his soul of all that he desireth. Yet God giveth him not the power to eat thereof, but a stranger eateth of it. This is vanity. And it is evil disease. Think about that. The way I read that and the way I understand what he's talking about. He says that God gives this man all the things that he wants here upon the earth. But there's one thing that he's not able to partake of because his mind is on something else. God giveth him not the power to eat thereof. Of all the wonderful things that God has to offer to us spiritually. We must go to Him. We must seek Him. And then we'll be able to eat or be a part of that. If a man beget a hundred children and live many years so that the days of his years be many and his soul be not filled with good and also that he hath no barrel, I say that an untimely birth is better than he. Think about that. He's saying that even a man that is here upon the earth 
And he has all the things. He says, if a man beget a hundred children and have many years, all the things that he desires here upon the earth, so that the days of his years be many and his soul be not filled with good. And that's good. That is the things of God. If his soul be not filled with that spirit of the Holy Ghost. And also that there be no, have no barrel. It's not good that that happens. And I say an untimely birth is better than he. What is his life, he's saying? Even though he had many children, he had all the things that he desired of this world, but his soul was not filled with the Spirit of God. He says it was better that he was not even born. That he never even had life. For he cometh in with vanity, and departeth in darkness, and his name shall be covered with darkness. Moreover, he hath not seen the sun, nor known anything. This hath more rest than the other. Yea, though he live a thousand years twice told, yet hath he seen no good. Do not all go to one place. Now listen to what this king Solomon, I believe it was, that wrote this. And he was a very had more wisdom than any other man that had been upon the earth. And listen to what he said there. He says, Yea, though he live a thousand years, twice told, and that would be extremely long, the oldest man that ever lived on the earth was short of a thousand years, and that was Methuselah. But here he's saying that if he could live two thousand years, and he has seen no good. If he does not have that spirit of the Holy Ghost, what good does it do? He says there, he says, do not all go to one place. They're all, every one of us is going to lay this body down and die at some time. We will give up that body. But there's something we can have that new birth. We can, we've been, the Lord has really been telling us about how we must have that. And we can have those things. If he hath yet hath he not seen, he has seen no good. Do not all go to one place. All the labor of man is for his mouth, and yet the appetite is not filled. It just continues to want more and more. And that's with human nature, not just the, the mouth that he talks like, because that's the case. The body has to continue to be filled with food. But we can let also, we can let the desires of their mind, the desires of the flesh, be just as that. And it can just go on and on and on in our appetite for the things that this soul lusts after is never filled. But we just continuously go after. But there's one thing that can fill us and give us peace and give us hope and give us tranquility in life. And that's the Spirit of the Holy Ghost. That's what will give us that peace. And we will be filled with that. For what hath the wise more than the fool? What hath the poor that knoweth to walk before the living? Better is the sight of the eyes, better is the sight of the eyes 
than the wandering of the desire. This also is vanity and vexation of spirit. Better is the sight of the eyes than the wandering of the desire. Being filled with knowledge, spiritual wisdom and knowledge. To be able to have eyes to see spiritually is the way I look at That is better than having that wandering desire for the things of the world. That appetite that just keeps, that can never be filled. And he says this also is vanity and vexation of the spirit. That which hath been is named already. And it is known that is a man. And is known that is a man. Is man. Neither may he contend with him that is mightier than he. Seeing there be many things that increase vanity. What is man the better? And think about that. All the things of vanity. That we look upon here in this life. And that we are striving and seeking after. All the things here naturally that will pass away. They are temporary. And they will soon pass away with each and every one of us. And there is one thing. Knowing Jesus Christ and the Father. That will never pass away if we know that. That will lead us into what we have also talked so much about recently. Is that eternal life that He has promised to give. That He's promised to send to us all. That want it. Seeing there be many things that increase vanity. What is man the better? And we look around and can you see that? How that people have such a desire for the things of the world. And it, does it make them better? I know it does not make them better spiritually. Yes, they may enjoy the things of the world. They may enjoy the things of sin for a little while. A little season. But then all the things that we have looked upon. That we have felt like it was good and dainty. All of those things soon pass away and then what will it be what will it be when we look back and we see and we're there and we look across as that rich man that we talked about recently and we can see the righteous away off and we in torment but the righteous there with the righteous and with God and, the, and Jesus in paradise. And we look across and we see that we had that opportunity to know Him. We had that opportunity to lay aside these things. And be looking more and more, how can I get closer to Him? How can I help others and how can I encourage them to get closer to Jesus Christ? For who knoweth what is good for man in this life? All the days of his vain life which he spendeth as a shadow. For who can tell a man what shall be after him under the sun? And I think there's other places where he talks about there that 
You know, we come and we live here upon the earth and we spend our time and then we're gone. And in a few short years, who will even remember that we were here upon the earth? And all the things that we looked upon so gloriously and that we felt like that we had to do and put all the time and effort into it. What happens to it then? Someone else. It belongs to them. And then we go on into an eternal condition. And what will that be? For who knoweth what is good for man in this life? I can tell you who knows that. Jesus Christ and God the Father knows what is good for us in this life. Will you put your faith and trust in them to direct you and to lead you so that you will be able, when you leave here, to hear, Well done, thou good and faithful servant. Enter you into my kingdom. All the days of his vain life which he spendeth as a shadow. For who can tell a man what shall be after him under the sun? And what shall be after your life? Jesus Christ can tell us what will be after our life when we come here. He has promised that you can have eternal life. You can go into paradise. And you can be at one. And you can see victory in Him. Let's keep these things in mind. And let's remember what He says. There's just a few verses I was just looking at here in that next, in that chapter 7 there. I'd like to just read just a few of those. He says, A good name is better than precious ointment. And the day of death than the day of one's birth. Think about that. We, don't, we think about birth as being a joyous and a wonderful time, and it is. It's wonderful to have one to come into life. But you know what is greater than all of that is having that new birth that he talks about. That is what we can really rejoice in. And when we see others that have been able to have that new birth, and they are seeking that new birth, to rejoice in that with them. But the greater rejoice than everything. The day of death than the day of mourning. Better, is, is better than precious ointment. And the, is, and the day of death than the day of one's birth. Now he's talking about that natural birth. But that day of spiritual birth is great. And then that death of a righteous person, one that has got had that spiritual birth, the death of him or her is the most wonderful thing that could happen to any one of us. That we drop this body of flesh. We get out of this body that can be sinful. We get away from temptations of Satan. And go into that everlasting life. I want you to think about that. That is the greatest thing that could happen to us is to drop this body 
if we have been born again. If you have not been born again, friends, I beg you to seek out Jesus Christ and become born again with that new spirit, that spirit of the Holy Ghost made a new man, a new woman by the power of God. And then that day of death, you would be looking forward to. It is better to go to the house of mourning than to go to the house of feasting. For that is the end of all men. And the living will lay it to his heart. Sorrow is better than laughter. For by the sadness of the countenance, the heart is made better. Think about that. What he's really saying there. When we see, when we have sorrow, true sorrow, of our sinful nature. And know that we are living in sin. And know that we are lost. And we have great sorrow over that. He says that's better than laughter in our sinful way. For by the sadness of thy countenance, when we see that and we know that there's nothing that we can do, the heart is made better. The heart is made better when we see that and we repent of our sins and we're baptized for the remission of our sins. And we accept Jesus Christ as our Savior. We put our trust and our faith in Jesus Christ and God the Father. That is when our heart is made better. The heart of the wise is in the house of mourning, but the heart of fools is in the house of myrrh. It is better to hear the rebuke of the wise than for a man to hear the song of fools. Be careful. Be careful what we do. How much have we said, hear the word of the wise, and who is the wise? God the Father. That is who the wise is and His Son. And then His servants that He has here upon the earth. Those that has His Spirit within them. They are wise spiritually. Listen to them. Pay close attention. And let's see victory in Jesus Christ, our Lord and our Savior. See victory in that. And let's all then... Be at one. And let's be rejoicing in His Spirit. <clears throat> let's read some. I've turned to Mark. We'll start reading some here in the second chapter of Mark. Start reading the first chap first verse, second chapter of Mark. And again he entered into Capernaum. After some days, and it was noised that he was in the house. 
And straightway many were gathered together insomuch that there was no room to receive them. No, not so much as about the door. And he preached the word unto them. And they came unto him, bringing one sick of the palsy, <coughs> which was born of four. And when they could not come nigh unto him for the press, they uncovered the roof where he was. And when they had laid, when they had broken it up, they let down the bed wherein the sick of the palsy lay. When Jesus saw their faith, he said in the sick of the palsy, Son, thy sins be forgiven thee. I want you to stop and let's think about what took place there. What was going on? Here, Jesus had been teaching and preaching in some other places. He had done some miracles. There was things that he had was beginning to have a reputation of what it was. And he was there, and what does it say? He was preaching the Word unto them. What is the Word? The Word is the gospel of Jesus Christ. The Word is the truths of God. How He would have for us to live here upon the earth. How He would have for us to put our faith and trust in Jesus, in God, through Jesus Christ. That's the Word. That's what He was teaching and preaching to these people. And can you see what faith and what these men, they understood that here was Jesus. He had done these miracles. They had faith that He was the Son of God. They had faith that He could heal their friend. Now, this friend could do nothing for himself to be able to get to Jesus. But he had some men, probably about four of them, it says that he was born by four men that took up his bed and carried him to where Jesus was, and they could not get into it. Did they stop? Did they give up? How much interest do you have today in helping someone See Jesus Christ and know Him. Some friend or something that you might see and know that they are in trouble spiritually. Do you want to help them? These men saw that this man had a terrible disease. He was sick. They needed to help him. They had faith that Jesus Christ could do it. There was faith in the man that Jesus could do it. There was faith in Him that this man was teaching the truths of God. That's how Jesus could tell him, Son, thy sins be forgiven thee. Because He knew that this man had faith in it. But there went out certain of the scribes sitting there and reasoning in their hearts. Now here they saw this. They saw what took place. They saw this man, Jesus, tell this person that had been dropped down into the room. And think and look and see what all was going on. They didn't come up there and see that there was no way to get him through the door. And turn around and walk away and say, we, well, we can't do anything. said, No. We've got to try. We want to see this man healed. What can we do? They climbed up on the top of the house to see if maybe there was some way there. There might have been in some cases in those days, there was stairs that went up onto the roof and they had living quarters or places there that they could go up on the roof to be. Undoubtedly, this did not have that. 
But that could have been that why they went up there. And when they got there, they still, they were not discouraged. They immediately, let's just take the roof apart. They started taking the tilings off and taking the roof apart. And then let the man down right in front of Jesus. When Jesus saw their faith, he said unto the sick of the palsy, Thy sins be forgiven you. Do you think he'll do anything different for you and for me? Do you think that his love was just for this person? He says, I came for the sins of the whole world. Doesn't matter who you are, what you've done, where you come from. He came for your sins. And He came to help each and every one of us. He came to give us that hope. He came to put that new, give us that new birth that He said that you must have to be able to enter into the kingdom of God. So you've got to have it. Seek it. Be sure that we have it. But the Pharisee or certain of the scribes that were sitting there and these self-righteous people that felt like that we are the chosen ones of God. We have been following what God is asking us to do and keeping and obeying the law. They said, reasoning in their hearts, why doth this man speak blasphemies? Who can forgive sins but God only? And immediately when Jesus perceived in His Spirit that they so reasoned with themselves, He said unto them, Why reason you these things in your heart? And He will be doing that with us. If we are not listening, if we are trying to discredit His words that are being spoken to us today, if we are trying to discredit them, He says, why reason you these things in your heart? Why are you not putting your faith and trust there? Why are you not saying, yes, I believe, I want to believe. I want to be a part of your kingdom. I want to be a part of your work here upon the earth. Why reason you these things in your hearts? Whether is it easier to say to the sick of the palsy, Thy sins be forgiven thee, or to say, Arise, take up thy bed, and walk. But that you may know that the Son of Man hath power on earth to forgive sins, he saith unto the sick of the palsy, I say unto thee, Arise, take up thy bed, and go thy way into thine house. He says, I said these things so that you, you self-righteous Jews, would know that the Son of God hath power to forgive sins. And I want us to remember that today. That He has power to forgive our sins. But that you may know the Son of Man hath power to forgive sins. And then He turned around after He had told the man that. He told him then, He says, Now, I say unto you, Arise, take up thy bed, 
and go thy way to thy house. Made him whole. Forgave him his sins and made him whole from the sickness that he had. The power of God. And immediately he arose, took up his bed, and went forth before them all, insomuch that they were all amazed and glorified God, saying, We never saw it on this fashion. And he went forth again by the, by the seaside, and all, and all the multitude resorted unto him. And he taught them. Just think about what took place there, though. That man that had come in there, he could not walk. They had to let him down through the roof. Jesus told him, I forgive you your sins. I am now making you whole. Arise, take up your bed and walk. And all these things took place right there before the eyes of these people, the scribes, the Pharisees maybe, and so whoever they were. All of it took place right there. And I know that His Word and His truths are being spoken right in front of us today, just like it was in that day. They said, we've never seen it on this fashion. It could be the way that we look upon things. Are we able to see? Are we able to fully understand His work? And to see and know the power of God through Jesus Christ our Lord, and see that working in our own individual selves. Can we see that? Then he goes out. He just went over close to where the sea was. And all the multitude that had been listening to him, that multitude that was there at that house maybe, and he now he's out in an open space. And as he passed by, he saw Levi, the son of Alphaeus, sitting at the receipt of custom. And he said unto him, Follow me. And he arose and followed him. Do you hear the things that's going on? And how people could hear him and how they were just obedient to him immediately. When he went by here, and talk to him. And I believe that this, the one that's called Levi, I believe that was called Matthew. He was a tax collector. And he says, now come, follow me. And they were looked upon, the tax collectors were looked upon as very low life people. They were looked upon as people who like to extort money from people, like to charge them more and keep it for themselves. This was how that people looked upon them. That they were not honest people at all. And here, Jesus walks by this man and He says, now come and follow Me. And He was obedient to Him. And He arose and followed Him. And it came to pass that as Jesus sat at meat in his house, many publicans and sinners sat also together with Jesus and his disciples. For there were many 
and they followed him. And when the scribes and the Pharisees saw him eat with publicans and sinners, they said unto his disciples, How is it that he eateth and drinketh with publicans and sinners? Now listen to what Jesus was doing when he was here upon the earth. Who had he come? He had just told this man that people look down upon, come and follow me. Then I believe he goes into that same man's house. And he's sitting there at meat. And who is there? Other publicans and other sinners. People of the world there. People that was not as those self-righteous Jews were, I believe. That's the way I look at it. There were people there that needed help. Jesus saw and knew and understood that they needed help. He sees and knows and understands that each and every one of us needs that help today spiritually. That we cannot do it on our own. But we can do it through His power, through His love. And what did He do then? And Jesus sat at meat in His house. Many publicans and sinners sat also together with Jesus and His disciples, for there was many that followed Him. And when the scribes and Pharisees saw him eat with publicans and sinners, they said unto his disciples, How is it that he eateth and drinketh with publicans and sinners? Think about what was going on. Here was Jesus. And they looked upon themselves as being good and righteous people. And here was this man that was proclaiming to be the Son of God. The Son of God. And what was He doing? He was just right there among these people that these scribes and Pharisees looked down upon because of their way of life. And they said, How is it that He eateth and drinketh with publicans and sinners? Jesus, we just read there a little bit ago when they came in and they were talking about There, he could perceive in his heart. He understood what their thoughts were. Is how can he forgive sins? And he turned right around and rebuked them and he told them. And now, these people here, they're murmuring and complaining. And within this, they said unto his disciples, they didn't go to Jesus and say it, but they went to the disciples and said, How is it that he eateth and drinketh with publicans and sinners? When Jesus heard it, he saith unto them, They that are whole have no need of the physician, but they that are sick. I came not to call the righteous, but sinners to repentance. Came not to call the righteous. And I believe that there was people in that day that was following the law. And some of these publicans or these Pharisees, some of them could have been walking upright with God at that time. Jesus had come in and He was bringing in a whole new law of grace. And it was something very different for these people to understand and know. But Jesus just went to him and listened at that 
answer that he gave to them when they said, How is it that he eateth and drinketh with publicans and sinners? They had a question that they were asking his disciples. Jesus heard it. And this was his answer. Let's read it again. They that are whole have no need of physician. We that are well today. You don't have any sickness. You don't go to the doctor. He says you don't need that. That's what he was talking about in those days. Those that are not sick. They don't need to go see a physician. He says but they that are sick. They're the ones that need help. They're the ones that need some advice from someone that knows a little more about what's going on in their body. And that's what he's talking about here. I came not to call the righteous, but sinners to repentance. And friends, that's with each and every one of us. We came here and we inherited that sin. And He is there calling that and letting us know that we are a sinner if you have not repented, if you haven't got that new birth. And He is calling for repentance in you. And He is calling for repentance in those that have His new birth, has His Spirit. If they have made mistakes, if they make mistakes, He is calling for repentance in them. And we must comply with Him. And the disciples of John and of the Pharisees used to fast and they came and said unto Him, Why do the disciples of John and the Pharisees fast, but thy disciples fast not? Jesus said unto them, Can the children of the bridegroom fast while the bridegroom is with them? As long as they have the bridegroom with them, they cannot fast. As long as we had that Spirit, we've got that Spirit of the Holy Ghost there leading us, guiding us, and directing us. It will upbuild us. But the days will come when the bridegroom shall be taken from them, and then they shall fast in those days. No man also soweth a piece of new cloth on an old garment, else the new piece that filleth up taketh away from the old and the rent is made worse. He was bringing in a new law. The law of grace. He had new things to tell these people. And he says if you try to take the old and put it in on a new piece of garment and it had not been shrunken, then it would pull on that old and tear it loose from the repair. But he says there, now we must... Or else the new piece fill it up, take it away from the old, and the rent is made worse. No man putteth new wine into old bottles, else the new wine doth burst the bottles, and the wine be spilled, and the bottles will be marred. But new wine must be put into new bottles. And that's where it comes down to what we've just been talking about. They had what they used for bottles in those days was animal, animal, animal skins and parts of the animal that they would take uh, 
And they would fill it with wine and try to seal it. And then that would work for a while. It would work. But as it, it got empty and if it was not filled, it became brittle. And you could not put wine back into it again. It would burst it. The, the fermentation of that, as it swelled, it would burst that old bottle. He said, you've got to have new bottles to put that new wine in. And he's talking about that spiritual part with us. That we've got to have that new birth. To be able then to have that new, the new words, the gospel of Jesus Christ, being able to be put into our heart and put into our mind that what He says that I will give to you. He says, I will write it in your mind. I will write it in your heart. And that's putting it into those new bottles. Now we're made new. We are a new man. The old man gone out of this body. Spiritually I'm talking about. And now we have that new body. And now we can receive that new wine. The Spirit. The new Word. The Word of the Holy Ghost. And it came to pass that he went through the cornfields, that, that he went through the cornfields on the Sabbath day, and his disciples began as they went to pluck ears of corn. And the disciples said unto him, Behold, why do they on the Sabbath day that which is not lawful? And he said unto them, Have you never read what David did when he had need? And he was hungered, and they that were with him, how he went into the house of God in the days of Abathar, the high priest, and did eat the showbread, which is not lawful to eat, but for the priest, and gave also to them which were with him. And he said unto them, The Sabbath was made, the Sabbath was made for man, and not man for the Sabbath. Therefore, the Son of Man is Lord also. Of the Sabbath. He wanted them to understand that he was bringing in a new law. He was bringing in a new work. And it was going to change the customs and all the things that they had been accustomed to living by. Those things were going to be, they were changing. And he wanted them to understand to just follow the Son of God, Jesus Christ. All of these things, he says, follow him. Therefore, the Son of Man is Lord also of the Sabbath. He is Lord over all here upon the earth. And we need to just put our faith and our trust in him. Not in man, but in him. And let's see victory then in Jesus Christ. And you can see... How that all the things that he did, there was someone, basically, that wanted to find something wrong with it. How is it in our life today? Are we truly ready? Or have you truly surrendered to Jesus Christ? Surrendered it all. As the song says, I surrender all. Have we truly been able to do that? 
Or do we want to hold on to something that we feel like maybe in the past? We want to hold on to our past life. We want to hold on to the world. I want to see here, read just a few verses here, maybe in, in Luke. Turn to the seventh chapter of Luke. We'll start reading at the 28th verse of the 7th chapter of Luke. For I say unto you, among those that are born of women, there is not a greater prophet than John the Baptist. But he that is least in the kingdom of God is greater than he. And the kingdom of God, once we are received and we are a part of that, John didn't have the things that we have. John didn't have the power over sin in the flesh. But we can have that now and be greater than that mighty prophet there that, that John was in that day. But that's nothing of ourself. That's because of the power of God that He has given to us when we repent and we become a part of the kingdom of God. And all the people that heard Him and the publicans testif- justified Him being baptized with the baptism of John. But the Pharisees and the lawyers rejected the counsel of God against themselves, being not baptized of John. And the Lord said, and I want you to listen at this verse, Whereunto then shall I liken the men of this generation? And to what are they like? And I want us to everyone think about what this is saying. We have had these words preached and taught to us. I have basically all my life I've heard this Bible preached and taught. And a lot of you have. A lot of these people here were hearing things that was new to them. And it was hard for them to put aside. It could be something that is new to you today because you've never been able... To accept that. You've never been around that much. And the Lord said, now listen, He gave them some information here. Whereunto then shall I liken the men of this generation? And to what are they like? They are likened to children sitting in the marketplace and calling one to another and saying, We have piped unto you, and you have not danced. We have mourned unto you, and you have not wept. For John the Baptist came neither eating bread nor drinking wine, and you say, Hath the devil. The Son of Man has come eating and drinking, and you say, Behold, a gluttonous man, a wine-bibber, a friend of publicans and sinners. But wisdom is justified." Of all her children. 
He made it very plain and clear to the people. He says, I want you to understand and I'm going to tell you who you are like, He said. Because they were rejecting Him. They were rejecting His Word. Rejecting God. I want us to examine our life. I want you to stop and think about your life. And this is young people, middle-aged, old, whatever it might be. I want you to stop and analyze, think about the many, many times that we have all been told to be careful what we do, what we say, where we go, how we dress, all the things there that we've said, we, those things have been brought to our attention. How that He has talked to us and told us how we need to live. We need to get the worldly lifestyle out of us. We need to get that pride of life out of us. All of these things. He has brought this to our attention over and over and over. Telling us about these things. How that if we aren't careful... We will be drawn back into sin. We will be drawn back into the worldly ways, the ways of the world. And that's what He is asking for us to get away from. And to be at one with Him. To don't let the things of this world be what we are seeking after. That... Appetite can never be filled. It will just go on and on and on, and you'll keep working and working and working. But that appetite of the world will never be filled in you. But that spiritual appetite can be and will be filled. If we will do what He says. He says, you are likened unto children sitting in the marketplace. We've come out here. To hear His Word. His Word has been preached unto us. Have you heard it? And calling one to another saying, We have piped unto you and you have not danced. His Word has been preached unto us. Have we complied with it? Are we complying? Do we want to comply with His Word? He was just bringing this to the people. You're sitting there. You've heard the music. But you've not danced. We have mourned to you. And you have not wept. For John came neither eating bread and drinking wine. And you say, you have the devil. You didn't want to hear John. And you don't want to hear me. That's what Jesus was saying to them. The Son of Man has come eating and drinking, and you say, Behold, a gluttonous man and a wine-bibber, a friend of publicans and sinners. But then He sums it up. But wisdom is justified of all her children. And righteousness 
The righteous wisdom that comes with that new birth will justify you and you will be able to justify His Word and justify what He is asking for us to do in our day. You will be able to use that Spirit to justify your life. Are you hearing the music? If you have, are you willing to dance? Are you hearing the Word? And if you are, why are you not complying with His Word? If that's the case. And it's obvious in a lot of cases that is the case. Is there a difference in your life? And we have gone over these. Is there a difference in your life than the life of the people of the world, the non-believers? Is there a difference? Is there a difference in your dress? Is there a difference in your words, the things you say? Is there a difference in the places you go? than the people of the world. The Lord has brought these things to our attention, friends. And it's time for us all to listen carefully. Very carefully. And put our faith and trust there. But when you see people out and there is no difference in the scantily dressed people that proclaim to be a Christian than there is in the people of the world, something is wrong. He has piped unto us. Let's hear His Word. There is a time when people would say, yes, and there's, there's a time today that you can see certain people out And you see, they must be a Christian because of the way they are acting and the places they're going and what they're saying and how they're dressed. Could that be with what people would say about us, about you and about me? I don't want them to just say that about me because of my self-righteousness. I want them to say that about me because they can see what God has done for me. And give God the honor and the glory. And, may, and, and that they would want to be a part of that. That is why we should be looking for that. And wanting that. But let's put our faith and trust in Jesus Christ. Not in man. And remember, but wisdom is justified of all our children. The wisdom of God. It's what he's talking about. But you know something? The wisdom of man will justify his evil works. The wisdom of man will take the Word of God and turn it into a lie. And those things have happened. We have seen it happen in our day. The Word of God taken and changed into a lie to justify the wisdom of man. 
I want to be justified by the wisdom of God. And to be able to receive that holiness, be able to receive that spirit. You know, sometimes when you go out and you see how people, the things that they want to dress in, that has no respect to the body at all. But bringing, doing things and having the clothes on that is so revealing. What are we trying to do? Are we trying to look more godly? Or are we trying to be more like the world? Am I trying to get someone's attention that they might look at my body if somebody if you are trying to get somebody to look at you just because of your body and the shape of your body something is wrong something is bad wrong but let's get their attention by showing a godly spirit and wanting to help and to help them to see and know Jesus Christ. But this is the worldly lifestyle today. We'll go right on into it. Do I want to adorn this body with certain clothes? Do I want to adorn it with things that makes it look more pleasing to the world. Makes it look like I am a part of the world is all you can say. Do you want to adorn that body that makes you look like you are a part of the world? Or do you want to adorn that body that makes you look like I am a child of God? And what does he talk about? He talks about that in different places, about how that we need to dress modestly and to not go out here with expensive clothes or all manners of jewelry and this type thing on to try to bring attention. He says, but let it be the inward, the inward part of the body, the inward spirit that you are adorned with. Let that be what is adorning to that body. And friends, all I'm doing is just trying to get us to understand His Word. This is not something that I am trying to get a, tell you that you need to do. I'm not telling you, you need to just take it to the Lord and let Him be the one that shows you. If you do anything because I said to do it, that's not going to do any good at all. If you do it because it's the Spirit of the Holy Ghost directing you into it, that's what we need to all have. And that's what will be. Go back and look all the way along, he says. He even goes back in one place and he says, and this is the way that the older people, of older women in old times, that they adorn themselves. And that's what we need to be doing. Men and women, adorning ourselves with the Spirit of the Holy Ghost. And parents, that starts right with you, with your little ones. You're the one that dress them. And you are the one that sets example for them. What is that example? 
and the grandmothers and the grandfathers. All are the same. Are we setting a godly example, parents? All of us, whoever you might be, and friends. Let's set that godly example before all, whoever it might be. And let's be helpful one to the other. Be helpful for them. But just remembering what he said. I want to read that starting at that 31st verse and read down through that again. I want us to leave here today with a good understanding of what he said. And the Lord said, Whereunto then shall I liken the men of this generation and to what they are like? Now, I believe he's talking about that worldly generation. I don't believe he's talking about the generation of the righteous. And we can be a part of that. Every one of us can be a part of us. And I know there are people here today that are a part of that righteous generation. Who you are, that's between you and the Lord. That's between you and God. But if you feel like that you need to move up, He is there with that reached out hand. And He is piping unto us. They are like unto children sitting in the marketplace, calling one to the other, to another. Calling them to come on and let's, let's enjoy this music. He says, and we have piped unto you and you have not danced. They were calling unto them. He says, but they were not performing. They were not hearing. They were not listening. We have mourned unto you, and you have not lamented. Same thing. We've tried both ways. We've mourned unto you, and you've not lamented about it at all. I want us to hear His Word. And I want us to be at one. And see victory, friends. Everybody here, we've got that opportunity. Let's put it to practice. Let's hear His Word. And let's put it to practice in our life. The Son of Man has come eating and drinking. I'm sorry. For John the Baptist came neither eating bread nor drinking wine, and you say he hath the devil. They didn't want to hear him. They complained about the way he did. Or we would we complain about the things that God would ask for us to do in our day? The Son of Man has come eating and drinking, and you say, Behold, a gluttonous man and a wine-bibber, a friend of publicans and sinners. Are you going to listen to it in that case? They just didn't want to hear. They did not have ears to hear, and they didn't hear either way. Let's have those ears to hear. Let's put it into the hands of Jesus Christ. But wisdom... Is justified of all our children. Wisdom is justified. You know, it goes on there. I'm going to read just a few other verses, but it goes on. And he went to the Pharisee's house. He sat down at meat. A woman, which was a sinner, came. And she broke that alabaster box of ointment and wiped his hair with tears. She was broken because she knew she was a sinner. 
She was broken because she knew she needed help. I have somewhat to say unto them. And the Pharisee there wanted to complain about it and say, Why is he doing this? Why are you saying so? Why are you not saying something about this? And he said, Master, Jesus then just went to him and he, he said, Simon, I've somewhat to say unto you. And he said, Master, say on. There was a certain creditor which had two debtors. The one owed 500 pence, the other 50. And when he had nothing to pay, they had nothing to pay. He frankly forgave them both. Tell me therefore, which of them will love him most? Tell him. He said he had nothing to pay. We don't have anything to pay. It doesn't matter how big of a sinner you are. It doesn't matter. If you go to him... He frankly forgave them both because they didn't have anything to pay. You and I don't have anything to pay, but we can go to Jesus Christ and ask for forgiveness of our sins. Who will love Him most? Simon answered and said unto him, I suppose he that whom He forgave most. And He said unto him, Thou hast rightly judged. And He turned to the woman and He said unto Simon, Seest thou this woman? I entered into thy house. Thou gavest me no water for my feet, but she hath washed my feet with tears and wiped them with the hairs of her head. Thou gavest me no kiss, but this woman since the time that I came in hath not ceased to kiss my feet. My head with oil thou didst not anoint, but this woman hath anointed my feet with ointment. Wherefore I say unto thee, her sins which are many are forgiven. For she loveth much. But to whom little is forgiven, the same loveth little. And he said unto her, Thy sins are forgiven. Isn't that a wonderful thing to think about? That we can hear. Look what this woman did. She came in there to Jesus. She was broken. She took this ointment, very expensive ointment, and put it upon his feet, broke it upon him, wiped his feet with the hairs of her head. She loved him. She had a great love there. And Jesus said, Thy sins are forgiven. And they that said it meet with him began to say to themselves, who is this man that forgiveth sins also? And he said unto the woman, Thy faith has saved thee. Go in peace. And that's what I want to end with you today. Thy faith has saved thee. Go in peace today. Put your faith and trust in Him. Be not wise in your own eyes. Fear God and depart from evil. 
One of the Proverbs speaks that. Be not wise in your own eyes. Fear God and depart from evil. We'll sing number 226. O come angel band, 226.
present you to God the Father in the name of Jesus and the Holy Ghost. And may the Lord receive. I present you to God the Father in the name of Jesus Christ and the Holy Ghost. And may the Lord receive. Life is a wonderful thing. And we can see a newborn and how it is totally dependent upon its parents. And he says that we must become as that little child spiritually to be able to enter into the kingdom of heaven. To become totally dependent upon Jesus Christ and God the Father. My latest son is sinking fast. My race is nearly run. My strongest trials are now past. My triumph is begun. And then in the last... Oh, bear my longing heart to Him who bled and died for me, whose blood now cleanseth from all sin and gives me victory. Oh, come, angel band, come and surround us and take us home to victory. Let us pray. To God the Father, I beg that you be with everyone that has a heavy heart today. To be that everyone to help them to just look to you. And whatever you see fit, to chasten and rebuke us about, to accept it. Whatever you see fit, to bring to our attention, to hear it. And to be filled with your spiritual wisdom and knowledge. And to have faith that we can be forgiven. And that we can have life just as the ones that we've read about today. Lord, show us how we can encourage one another in Your Word. And show us what You'd have for us to do with the things that You've entrusted into our hands. Be with us in the upcoming days. That Your Spirit be prevalent in our life. And that we use it to overcome Satan. And to see victory. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.